This is Reverend Dr. Lisa Autar, and she presents and preaches some of the best messages in North America. Welcome her, would you? Amen. And welcome radio listeners. God bless you. Thank you. Well, good morning once again to you and to those of you who I won't see tonight. Happy New Year to you and to your family, and we wish God's blessings upon you. Well, I want to first tell you about two ladies who were having coffee with each other. So they were sitting there having coffee, and one said to the other, she says, you know, every year I make New Year's resolutions, I make goals, but I just can't seem to keep them all year long. Well, the other one said to her, she says, well, I do the same, but this year I know that I'm going to be able to keep mine. So she said, well, do share. She says, well, I've learned from my past. She said, you know, in 2014, she says, my goal was to get my weight down below 180 pounds. Well, I wasn't successful in doing that. So in 2015, I decided I will follow my new diet religiously until I get below 200 pounds. Well, I wasn't successful in doing that. So in 2016, I decided I will develop a realistic attitude about my weight. Well, in 2017, this past year, I said I will work out three days a week. Well, she said to her friend, did you keep it? She says, no, but this year I'm planning to keep my goal. My goal for 2018, I will try to drive past a gym at least once a week. (laughs) At least once a week. As New Year's begin, many people make different goals, they make different resolutions, they make different commitments, and I'm sure like many people, you too do try to do that, whether it's try to get healthier, eat better, read more, travel more, save more, whatever it may be, we all like to make different goals and commitments. And so this year and and today, I want to offer to you some new commitments for a new year that I believe that if you commit to that this not only will be a great year, but if you commit to a lifelong journey of commitments, then it will be a wonderful, wonderful change in your life. So let's begin by prayer. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this day. We thank you for this last day of 2017, and indeed, Lord, we pray for your blessings upon each one. May you open up our hearts and our minds to your word. May you help us, Lord, that as we go into this new year, that, Lord, you would go before us, that you would help us to make certain changes, and that, God, you would just inspire us to make new commitments for this new year. In Jesus' name we pray, amen, amen. So as I said, I want to challenge you to make four commitments this new year. Four commitments that I believe if you make will truly not only change this year, but will change your life. And the first one is this. Commit to learning from your failures and celebrating your accomplishments. Commit to learning from your failures and celebrating your accomplishments. One of the first Christian leaders, Paul, gives us the advice in Philippians chapter 3 
3, verses 13 to 14, he says, Forgetting what is behind and straining toward what is ahead, I press on towards the goal for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. What he's saying is forgetting what is behind, forgetting my past, forgetting my failures, forgetting my sins, forgetting all of those things that I leave behind and looking towards the future, looking towards what lies ahead. You know, many times I believe that we can get stuck in looking at the past. We can get stuck in looking at our failures, looking at all the shortcomings that we've come across. And you know, it's important that we recognize those things, that we learn from them, but then we move on. We learn from those things that we've failed at or that we've fallen short of, and we move on. And for many of you, you may recall maybe something that you failed at this year, whether you failed in a job performance or failed at school or, or failed a friend or, or failed someone in a relationship or whatever it may be, whatever disappointment or failure it may be that you have faced, learn from it and move on. God's word tells us that we can't allow ourselves to get bogged down by our past. We can't allow ourselves to continue to focus on those things. In the book of Isaiah chapter 43 verse 19, he says, see I am doing a new thing. Now it springs up. Do you not perceive it? You know, many times we can be so caught up and so focused on the past that we start to miss what God is doing now, that we start to miss what God is wanting to do and wanting to move us from where we've been to where he wants to take us. And he says, see, I am doing a new thing. Yes, that has happened. Yes, that has gone wrong, but learn from it so it doesn't happen again and move on. Celebrate your accomplishments. Many of you this year have reached wonderful milestones. You have reason to celebrate, focus on those things. Whatever it may be, for some of you, you've had a child this year. For some of you, you've gotten married or engaged or, or bought a home or received a new job or, or had a promotion. Whatever those good things are, focus on your accomplishments. Focus on those good things and learn from your failures and celebrate and move on. The second thing I want to encourage you to do is to commit to giving up your grudges and forgive others. Commit to giving up your grudges and forgive others. Now, this is important. This is really important. I want you to listen to the words from the book of Colossians. It says, bear with each other and forgive each other whatever grievances you may have against one another. Forgive as the Lord forgave you. We are told through God's holy word to forgive one another, to forgive one another just as the Lord has forgiven you. You know, there are many of us who are going around and carrying our grudges with us. It is the reality, carrying those grudges, carrying that unforgiveness with us. Well, you may ask, what exactly is a grudge? Well, here's the definition of what a grudge is. A grudge is a deep, ongoing resentment that we cultivate in our hearts against someone else. A grudge is an unforgiving spirit that leads to unforgiving attitudes and unforgiving actions. Harboring a grudge is, is basically about nursing a dislike for someone. 
And what you need to know is that grudges are destructive and they're also self-destructive as well. You see, the more that we hold on to the unforgiveness that we have for someone else, not only are we hurting the other person, but we oftentimes end up hurting ourselves even more by holding on to those things. You see, there are so many reasons that, yes, we can be upset with someone else, but we also need to learn to forgive, to forgive just as the Lord has forgiven us. And for some of you today, I want to challenge you and encourage you, don't take that unforgiveness into this new year. Don't bring those grudges with you. Let it go. Give them up. Ask the Lord to help you to forgive. For some of you, yes, I understand, you have been deeply hurt. The things that someone else has done to you or a group of people or a family member has done has just hurt you so deeply. But as we hold on to those things, it oftentimes only ends up hurting ourselves. Let that go. Learn to forgive. Learn to give those things up and ask the Lord to help us. Max Licato, a famous Christian speaker, makes this interesting comment in one of his books. He says, unforgiving servants always end up in prison, prisons of anger, guilt, and depression. You see, God does not want us to sentence ourselves to prison, but he wants us to be set free. And we can be set free when we end up letting go of the unforgiveness that we are holding on to. You think about the person who has done wrong to you, that you are holding on that unforgiveness to. Isn't it time that you let that go? Listen, the reality is that some of you are holding on to unforgiveness from 20 plus years, and oftentimes you can't even remember what it is that that person did to you, but you are just knowing that you are upset and you are stuck in not wanting to forgive, not wanting to make the first move, but know that it just ends up hurting yourself. Life is too short. Life is way too short to be living with unforgiveness, to be living with those grudges. Let it go. Let those things go and ask the Lord to help you. We are told to forgive just as the Lord has forgiven us. You think about how many times we have fallen short of God, how many times we have needed to come before him and ask him to forgive us, how many things we have done wrong. And if God, who is the creator of the universe, if God, who is and was and will always be God, stands ready to forgive us, then how much more should we be able to forgive our brothers and sisters? How much more should we be able to forgive those who wrong us? Now, that does not mean that we have to pretend like what they did didn't matter. That doesn't mean that we forgive and now we're best friends again. But what that means is that we forgive and we move on. And maybe that may mean that they're no longer part of our life. Maybe that may mean that we're no longer friends. Maybe that may mean that they don't have the same relationship with us that they once had. But it does mean that we're letting go of that unforgiveness. Commit this year to forgive, whether that is forgiving a parent, forgiving your child, forgiving a grandparent, forgiving a coworker, forgiving a neighbor, whoever it may be, maybe even someone here today that you need to forgive. Commit to giving up your grudges and forgive others. Amen.
Amen. The third thing I want to challenge you to do today is commit to turning away from sin and instead choose to live a life of holiness. Commit to turning away from sin, from your sinful ways, and commit to live a life that is pleasing to God, a holy and godly life. A young man once stated, he said, I read a book about the American Civil War last year because apparently one of the leading Confederate generals was called General Pettigrew. I discovered that after the war was over, the slaves had been set free, but many slaves decided to stay with their former master and continue to do what they were told. They were set free, yet they chose to live as slaves. You see, unfortunately, this is how many Christians act as well. God has come and he has died to set us free. He has died to set us free from the bondage of sin that we were in. Yet many Christians still live as though they are still in that bondage. And he wants us to know that we are set free through Jesus Christ. And he wants us to live that life of freedom where we are no longer slaves to our old master that is sin, but we now belong to him. Christ died so that we could experience that freedom. In Romans chapter 6, verse 2, it says, Do not let sin control the way you live. Do not give into its lustful desires. We are no longer slaves to sin. The Lord tells us in scripture over and over again to turn away from sin. It is no longer our master. You see, for most of us, when we accept Jesus Christ as our Savior and our Lord, it's easy for us to give up and to get rid of certain sinful ways. But there are other things that take time. And there are other things, because we've been doing them for so long or because they're part of our lifestyle or their habits, it's harder for us to give up and we end up just learning to live with them. We end up just accepting that that is just how we are when God says it's time to give it up. It's time to turn away from your sinful ways and to give it up and to live a life of holiness. You see, God is holy and his standard of holiness is way beyond what we could ever attain in this life. But he wants us to strive and it's a daily striving forward. It's a daily thing for us to continue to ask him to help us. Help us to be more and more like him, to be holy as he is holy, to be good as he is good because God's standard of good is way beyond our standard of good. And so maybe today you've been living with a sin or you've been living with a bad habit that you've just come to accept, that you just say to yourself, well, this is just how I am. Maybe it's an issue of swearing and you think to yourself, well, I've always swore and it's not a big deal, but maybe this year you need to challenge yourself to give it up. Maybe it's the issue of drinking, and you just say to yourself, well, my friends drink, my family drink, I've just always been drinking, but maybe this year you need to say to yourself, it's time. 
It's time that I give that up. Maybe it's drugs or, or gambling. Maybe it's pornography. Maybe it's something else. Whatever it may be, I challenge you this year to turn away from sin and instead choose to live a godly life, a life of holiness, a life that you know is pleasing to God. You see, at the end of the day, it's all about him. At the end of the day, it's not about us. It's not about our wants. It's not about our desires, but it's all about God. It's all about him. And many people feel that they either don't need God, God's not important, whatever it is, but God says to leave that life of sin. Many times when Jesus has healed people in the New Testament, one of the things that he tells them is go and sin no more. Go and leave your life of sin. Go because that is what separates us from God, the issue of sin. And so I tell you today, go into this new year turning away from sin and living a life of holiness. Commit to doing so. Commit to doing so. Now that doesn't mean that we're going to be perfect, but it does mean that we will strive to do better. Amen? Amen. Amen. Ask God to help you and turn away from sin. And the fourth and the last commitment that I ask you to make, if you haven't already done so, is commit to acknowledging Jesus Christ as your Savior and Lord. Commit to acknowledging him for who he is. As we start this new year, many people make different commitments, whether that is to uh, increase family life, uh, better their health, to travel more, whatever it may be. But oftentimes, one of the most important things that we forget about is our spiritual lives. Committing to spending more time with God. Committing to getting closer with him. Committing to going deeper in our relationship with him. He is the most important person. And all of those other commitments that we can make are good. But at the end of the day, if we don't have Jesus, we don't have anything. That is the simple truth. He is the reason that we exist. It's in Christ that we have meaning, that we have purpose. It's in Christ that we have a reason to wake up every day. It's in Christ that we have hope to go on. It's in Christ that we have peace. It is only through him him. He is everything that we could ever want in this life and more. And unfortunately, many people don't realize him for who he is. People who have heard about Jesus would simply say he's a good man or he's a prophet. Many people would say, well, he died for our sins or, or that he's the son of God, but he is God in the fullness. He is our mediator to God. It is through him that we have direct access and we need to acknowledge him as our Savior and our Lord. Jesus came as we just celebrated Christmas. He came here in this earth so that he could live to teach and to preach and to heal, but evidently, as we celebrate in Easter, to die for our sins. He came to pay a price for our sins that we could not owe, and he came to do that. And all we are asked to do is to believe in our hearts, to confess with our mouth that Jesus is Lord, and we will be saved. To truly believe and acknowledge who he is. You see, the truth is that there are so many people in this world, so many people that don't know him as yet, and we need to do our part to make sure that they know him. But before we can do that, do you know him?
I need to ask you that question. Do you know Jesus as your Savior and your Lord? Do you know him and do you acknowledge him? Jesus came for all people, and even though we are sinners, we are saved by his grace, and he wants a relationship with us. You see, in Christ, we have all that we have. In Christ, we have a love that can never be fathomed. In Christ, we have a life that can never die. In Christ, we have a righteousness that can never be tarnished. In Christ, we have a peace that can never be understood. In Christ, we have rest that can never be disturbed. In Christ, we have a joy that can never be diminished. In Christ, we have a hope that can never be disappointed. In Christ, we have a glory that can never be clouded. In Christ, we have a light that can never be darkened. In Christ, we have a purity that can never be defiled. In Christ, we have a beauty that can never be marred. In Christ, we have a wisdom that can never be baffled, and in Christ we have resources that can never be extinguished. You see, it is in Christ that we have everything that we could ever need and more. Anyone and everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Have you called on the name of the Lord? Do you know for certain that you are saved? Because today on the last day of 2017 can be the day where you say, I'm no longer living with uncertainty. I no longer fear what the future holds because I know the one who holds the future. I know the one who holds the future. Acts chapter 4 verse 12 tells us that salvation is found in no one else. There is no other name under heaven given to mankind which we must be saved. It is only through Jesus Christ that we have eternal life. There's no other access to God except through Jesus Christ. He is the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through him, the Son. This new year, as we start tomorrow, will you commit to these four things? Will you commit to these wonderful four things, to learning from your failures and celebrating your accomplishment? Will you commit to giving up your grudges and forgive others? Will you commit from turning away Commit to turning away from your sin and instead live a life of holiness. And above all, will you commit to acknowledging Jesus Christ as your Savior and Lord? And for some of you, this can be the day where for the first time you say, Lord, I believe in you. I want to start that relationship with you, and today is the day. For others of you, today can be the day where you say, Lord, I've really walked away far. Today is the day that I'm coming back. I'm reaffirming my faith in you. And Lord, I choose to follow you and I choose to make this new year great. And whatever it may be, God wants to have that relationship with you. Amen? Amen. Let us pray. Father, indeed, we thank you. We thank you for who you are. We thank you, God, for bringing us through this year of 2017. And Lord, as we reflect on all of the different things that we have gone through, as we have reflected on the joys and the victories, we also know that there have been many failures, that there have been many sorrows, that there have been many disappointments. But God, through it all, we thank you that you have been faithful. We thank you, God, that you have said that you will never leave us or forsake us. 
us and that you walk with us through this journey of life. And so God, as we start this new year, we pray that you would help us to commit to making it the greatest year ever, to commit to to turning away from our sin and, and to living a life that is pleasing to you, that you would help us, oh God, to forgive others as you have forgiven us, that you would help us to not continue to focus on our failures, but Lord, instead learn from them and move on and celebrate the wonderful things that you've done in our life. And above all, God, we pray that you would help us to continue to put you first, to know that you are Lord and Savior of our life, that you are God and God alone. And Lord, help us to continue to put you as a priority in all that we do every day of our lives. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen.